0: Hey friends, welcome to episode 68 of the Fears Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Thanks for listening in today, taking time out of your busy day to spend some time with me and my guest today, Julie McGehee. She is about to launch a book, Hey Dad, It's Me, Discover the Father Who Loves and Protects You. It's amazing. Uh, She has... lot of things to share with us today but one of the things that really struck me was how she said that she is not a product of just a broken home but a shattered home before she was 18 years old her mom had married and divorced four times that's really really tough and she also struggled because she walked with faith and she believed who God said he was and that he would do what he said he would do, but she just didn't have the confidence that he would do it for her or through her. But that all changed. So I want you to listen in. If you've ever struggled with how loving God could allow bad things to happen, if you've experienced broken relationships or struggled with imposter syndrome, you're in the right place today. I know what Julie has to share will inspire, encourage, and challenge you, so listen in while I have a chat with Julie McGehee. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am thankful to welcome my friend Julie McGehe with us today. She has been a teacher for more than 30 years which is amazing. She's a preacher, minister, and missionary. In 2019, she walked away from a lengthy career as an attorney and private officer to devote her life to ministry and writing. And after her three children were grown and educated and married, God provided an opportunity to serve as a missionary in Costa Rica. And Julie now lives in Costa Rica with her husband, Of 40 years, Mike, which is amazing, fulfilling her lifelong dream of becoming a full-time minister and writer, which is awesome. She has walked in faith for many years, but she has an important message for you and I today about the fact that we need to walk in confidence because Julie struggled with that and knows others do too. So God has given her a message in a ministry to help us get that right. So, Julie, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's a great
0: privilege to be here today.
1: I am so
0: happy that we're going to be talking about this message because it is so, so important. And I was sharing with Julie before we started the show today that that was something that I struggled with. And, you know, I think we all have at one time or another. So we're just going to jump right into that. So, Julie, I would love if you would share a little bit about your story, uh, kind of expanding on what we've already talked about in your introduction and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect.
1: Um, you know, my story isn't unlike probably many people's, as far as you know, I wasn't raised in a consistent Christian home. Uh, part of that is because I was raised in what I call a shattered home, not a broken home, uh, because um, Before I was 18, my mother had been married and divorced four times, and so there was a whole lot of disruption in life through that, but I had a grandmother, and that grandmother uh, was... Committed, uh, particularly in my teenage years, she was committed to making sure that I was in church. And so every Wednesday night, every Sunday, wherever we had moved, and we moved a lot, she would make sure that I was there with my youth group. And that made all the difference in the world to me. Though, right after high school, you know, like many people do, I tested my wings and lost my way a little bit, but God was always faithful. And when I turned around, He was right there to receive me again. And uh, soon after that, then met and married my husband. And as you said, we've been married 41 years now just celebrated the 41st anniversary and uh, it's it's been a blessing but it hasn't always been easy and there have have been uh, there have been challenges through the years. But as far as my compassion, passion and conviction where they intersect right now, God's been so very good to us to allow us to serve in Costa Rica. We are associates in missions, which what that actually means is whatever the missionaries here need, we're there to give it to them. And so we we do teach, preach, you know, serve the Lord in the churches here in Costa Rica. But we also uh, provide transportation when transportation is needed. Uh, the missionaries have a precious two-year-old child who calls us "Mamá" and "Papá," and we love that. I also blog, and that's something COVID has done for me. Shortly after we got here, things shut down. So I... You know, searching like everybody did, searching God, how do I minister? How do I minister now? I'm here in Costa Rica, Lord. What am I supposed to do when I can't go out and speak to people? And uh, and so confidence in God.com was born. And the reason Confidence in God, as you mentioned um you know for so many years i could say i had faith i had faith in god he was who he said he is he will do what he says he will do but when somebody says julie go pray for that person it's you know <laughs> really me mm-hmm. and then especially when it's when it's one of you know it's not somebody who says that but when the altar call starts at church and people are invited to go forward and god is whispering okay See that person? Go pray for that person. And instead, you stand there and you think, God, is that you? You know, really? Who else is going to ask you to go pray for somebody? Is your flesh going to do that? Right. Is the enemy going to do that? No. You know, it's it's God, you know, but yet I had no confidence in that and other things. And I know I'm not alone in that. We all know we can proclaim God to the rooftops, but then Amen. when we put it into practice and, you know, we need, somebody said, will you pray for me for healing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we're not confident in mm-hmm. that. And, uh, and so along with that, I've also just completed, uh, my first, uh, manuscript of a book. Called "Hey Dad, it's me." Discover uh, the father who loves and protects you. Uh, I'm sending it off to editing within the week, and uh, I hope to uh, publish it in September. And so that is another big piece. And you you might ask, how does that relate to confidence in God? For so many of us, the fact that we lack confidence is because of how we were raised and possibly not having a consistent loving parent in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where it all intersects for me right now. Love that. And I love the name of your
0: book. Hey dad, it's me. It's so endearing and just like the epitome of a relationship with a loving father. And I love that. So, so many things you were talking about were just amazing. And I, I love how you were talking about a grandmother's influence. It kind of reminded me of Lois's influence on Timothy, inspiring him and raising him in that way. And his mom, too. What also is so encouraging, and I know it's going to encourage someone else today, too, is that whatever is in our family line, whatever is in our DNA, all of those things do not mean that we have to continue those patterns or those behaviors, because God is our father. And so it is very encouraging, because sometimes people will feel the way that you have said, you know, that you were, you were concerned, because I know when, when I was reading some of the things you were writing, you were concerned that maybe those ways would also come out in your life because of that, just to encourage someone today that that is not the story that God is writing for you, and he wants to show you the way, and so that's so encouraging, and tell us more, Julie, about your ministry work in Costa Rica, because you're teaching English, and what are are the things that you do there when you are ministering to other people?
1: Um, I do teach English. Unfortunately, COVID kind of shut that down on me as well, so it went from on site, really developing relationships with the Costa Rican people by teaching them the English to one-on-one, which is fine. It's great relationship developer. I've got great friends uh, going that direction. That was really the impetus of us coming to Costa Rica was we had um, my husband, had a client that had a location here in Costa Rica, so he had been here a few times. We decided to vacation here a couple of times, and it became very evident that um, for people to rise up and be able to provide for their families better, they really needed English, because the better-paying jobs required English, and uh, and that's when God started speaking to me you can you can teach this you can do this i said okay so i went home and went through a certification class so that i'm certified to teach english as a second language and we started making contacts um within our church organization and asking you know is is there an opening that we could do this and and they said yeah (laughs) here we are and it it's a real blessing they they hunger they hunger not only for, you know, the English, but they recognize, most of them recognize we've got to get the English. And it's not easy. It's, I'll tell you, we're trying to learn Spanish, and it's yes. not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And so I can have a little empathy for them when they're trying to learn the English. So they're very enthusiastic about that, but they're also very enthusiastic about hearing. More about the word of God. They just want the truth of what the word says to them. And so it is always such a privilege uh, to be able to speak to small groups, to in church services, in online conferences, and such as that. They just, they receive it. They're so hungry and they
0: receive it. That is so humbling too when you think about the journey that God has brought you on and how he prepared you and equipped you with all your teaching experience and. That he called you to go there. And what you were saying earlier, I really loved that you brought out the fact, because this happens to all of us, when we hear God telling us to do something, and we start to question, is that you? Is it me? But like you said, we can, I mean, we have discernment, because we have, you know, Holy Spirit, and Besides that, how about some common sense? Hello. Like you said, even if God didn't tell you to go pray for someone, it would not be terrible to go pray for someone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They would say, no, thank you. I don't want you to pray for me. But oftentimes that is not the case. We ask if we can pray with someone and they are... Yes, please. We, we never know what other deeper things are going on in the lives of other people. And so I love that you brought that out because we do that all the time. And we really need to just start with, like you said, having the confidence in God that he is going to speak to us when we're willing and use us for his glory. And how amazing too, because you were saying earlier how COVID started you on this blog journey where you could share the words that God has given you to minister to other people. And then you said how COVID stopped the groups from meeting, but then you began this one-on-one, which is a really precious discipleship model to do it that way. And so I just, everything just works so well together for good. Um, Just like Romans tells us, you know, God is just amazing. And so thank you for sharing all of those things. So the book, what, began that road to writing this book, which I can't wait to get my hands
1: on. Okay, so tell us about that. I was at my father's funeral, which even that was a little bit of a sensitive situation because his second family didn't really, particularly his surviving wife, didn't really want to introduce this daughter that nobody knew about and so so I'm I'm there and I was thankful I was very thankful to have the opportunity to be able to be at his funeral and uh, as I was leaving one of his sons said to me you know dad had a hard time developing a close father-daughter relationship with you because he felt so guilty. Mm. He felt so guilty. And that surprised me, I will admit. He and my mom divorced when I was very, very young. Uh, he he let my mom's second husband adopt me uh, when I was about five. And uh, so he was really just kind of a non-element in my life at all until my grandmother told me that he'd been contacting her every Mother's Day since the divorce. And so at that point, believe it or not, my 14-year-old wisdom said i'll send him a father's day card and so that's what i did to open up a relationship with my father and uh anyway so so as i began grappling with the feeling after he's gone of course of he felt guilty i never knew he felt guilty i just knew we never really connected as closely as what i wanted so god began speaking to me and saying you know i i fathered you not not just that i have been your heavenly father i am the everlasting father no it wasn't just giving me a title i knew those things no he started showing me i have fathered you and so the way the book is actually set up the hey dad it's me portion of the title is really in that day in my 14 year old wisdom when i sent that that fathers day card The only way I knew how to start it. And, you know, you don't go to a Hallmark store, especially back then. You don't go to a Hallmark store and open it up. And it has the perfect situation for the dad you've never spoken to or met or anything else. And so I did find the perfect card. Happy Father's Day. You open it up, blank. Mm. So I could fill it out myself. And so how did I start it? Hey, dad, it's me. Aww. that's how I started it. So the book is actually written in, in a way that every chapter starts with a letter. Hey, Dad, it's me. And mm-hmm. I focus on one particular aspect of fathering and let him know, Dad, you didn't need to feel guilty. And the reason you didn't need to feel guilty, Dad, is because God fathered me in this way much better than what you could any earthly father could have. And then I transition into talking to the the reader and sharing more stories about how God did that. Uh, as an example, you mentioned that, you know, there's this feeling when you didn't have the model parents that we all have in our minds that, oh, I'm going to be just like them. Well, no. The first thing that starts happening when we come to salvation is God starts making us like him. He gives us everything we need to be like him. We don't have to be like our parents. We aren't like our parents. We are becoming every day like our father who is fathering us by giving Jesus Christ as our example, by giving us the unconditional love, by setting rules around our behavior, just like our parents would do Um, this. These are the things that he does to father us. And so that's, that was the start of the book.
0: You 14 years old. He got those cards you sent, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So it, it's so precious how God used that. Even then when you were unaware probably of what those words in that card would do to the heart of this man you know that was your father, and that he saw those words. Hey, Dad, it's me. It wasn't formal; it was just from your heart. And that, wow, just knowing that too, it is amazing to to realize where that title came from. But then it actually relates it to our heavenly Father that fathered you, that who fathers us. Yes, that was something someone needed to hear we all needed to hear actually. And that is golden. And thank you for sharing that. And so this book is going to be an important book for ministry work. I see it as a ministry resource. I see it, you know, not only for individuals, but for groups to come together. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that book coming out. But you write, I mean, you write, <laughs> like W-R-I-T-E, a blog. And so I'm sure a lot of the messages like this come out in your blog writing. So tell us about your blog and, uh, you know, anything else that God has put on your heart that you feel our listener needs to hear today.
1: One of the things that I'm currently doing is a series on the word. And what that means is it's not just that I'm going to expound upon the word, which I do a lot. I will admit why, because I love the word. I love the word the word equips us to do whatever God has called us to do. It is that word that equips us. And so the starting of this series was just a single verse in the Bible that says, God magnifies his word above his name. And I thought, no way, no way. How how can that be? Because it's the name, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we can do everything so how is it that God magnifies the word above his name and you know being a former attorney I research (laughs) and so I started saying okay God you've given me this verse and and literally it came to my attention because my pastor mentioned it in a sermon it was just a comment in passing and it it just stood out and it's okay, God, you got to show me this. And it took me a while to find the verse. It's in Psalms. It took me a while. And I finally did. And I began researching it and really found the key to unlocking the power of the name of Jesus is to know his word. And so really right now, I'm going through this series of uh, just teaching what is it God intended us to do with his word? What will his word do for us? And then another blog that will be out soon is that we have to sharpen, you know, the word is the sword of the spirit. The word is our only offensive weapon. And so to have confidence to do the things, to do the spiritual battles that God calls us to do, to you know fight those battles for our families because we're seeing things, the atrocious things that are coming against our families right now. Yes. We have to have a sharp sword. Not only do we need to know how to wield the sword, we have to keep it sharp so it is effective. And so I write about things of that nature. So really for me right now, as I'm doing this series, my passion is helping people love the word. See, it's not just history. It's not just a bunch of stories. It's not just a book that some people find difficult to read and understand. It is God's speaking to us, writing love letters to us, telling us how to resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? By drawing near to him, resist him, and drawing near to God, resist the devil, and then the devil flees. Mm. How do you claim that unless you know that? You've got to know the word. Right now, really, as you can tell, I'm very passionate and hope that I can, through the blog's instill in people a real love for the word of God. That
0: did come out. I love that passion in your voice. It is so important for people to love the word of God. The enemy will use tactics. Uh, He'll he'll say, like, I don't know, he might do things like uh, make it feel like it's okay that we could actually have a relationship and talk to God all day long, but never read the Bible, never read his word. And that's not right. That's not what God would want us to do. And yes, he wants us to talk with him and pray and have this relationship. But like you said, his word is he. That's what he wants us to do. And like you said, it's like it tells us things that we would not otherwise know. And in a world where there are so many half-truths, so many things that sound kind of good and, okay, well, that must be good because, you know, they're talking about God or they mentioned Jesus, but in, unless we really know the word for ourselves, not just what someone has told us or depend on like our pastor on Sunday to do all the work for us, we're gonna, we are gonna be blinded by those things and we're gonna, you know, maybe fall prey to something that is not uh, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, right? And you put a lot of, Time into your education for becoming
1: an attorney, right? Uh, I actually did that when my youngest child turned sixteen. Wow! Well, I went to law school, and it was it was an incredible experience my law career it was nice I enjoyed it I was not a litigator I was a corporate attorney Mm -hmm. Um, God was good to me I never had to go searching for a job as an attorney I was an insurance underwriter at the time I went to law school while I continued working full-time and for a company that did not have a legal department and yet by the time and this is so God by the time I graduated they had a legal department and they wanted me and so I was able (laughs) to transfer into that Uh, so that was amazing and then I, I I spent the last years of my career as an attorney. So that that was amazing uh, how God used that. I will also say that I didn't go to college because of the type of you know life I had. I didn't go to college right out of high school. It wasn't until I married my husband and, oh, I graduated from college when our youngest child turned five. Mm. And so I'd had three children and I'm, I'm going to college. I went to college to be a teacher. I wanted to teach mathematics uh, at the secondary level, but really what God, I never did teach mathematics other than a six week substitution position that I got right out of school. But uh, what that did, and I give God all the glory for it. God taught me how to parent Mm. through that because I didn't know how to parent. Nobody had ever modeled good parenting for me. I didn't know how to parent. And when you are taught how to manage a classroom, you can take those skills and you can apply it at home. And God truly, I believe this to this day, God truly taught me how to parent by the formal education that he led me to. And I am thankful for that. I have three children who've married beautiful wives, and I now have eight grandchildren. And, you know, they're serving the Lord. And that is not me. That is not me. And they respect me, which is something that it's like, how can that be? You know, Mm -hmm. when, because the way I grew up, Mm -hmm. you know, you just bolted out of the house once you're 18 and and there wasn't a whole lot of respect going on there. And uh, I humbly say my children respect me. Why? Because God equipped me to be a loving parent to them that I had never had modeled Wow,
0: that is so beautiful, and I love that you had that deep insight into how you being a teacher and having to run a classroom, basically parenting, like what, 30 kids for a certain number of hours a day, but that is very interesting to me, that's fascinating, I've never heard that before, and that might encourage someone today who
1: is thinking, why do I feel called to be a teacher? So I'm glad that we talked about that. I would like to, if you don't mind, I would like to add one more one more topic. You said something about, uh, you know, we, we get half truth sometimes or mm-hmm. unless we're really diligent to dig into the Bible, we sometimes miss things and we're not as equipped as we could be because it's all right there. God's mm-hmm. given it to us. It's all right there. But finding it is sometimes difficult and takes mm-hmm. effort. It takes mm-hmm. effort. One of the things as I was writing the book, I knew I had to address something, because what is one of the key things that we, ex- we think fathers are going to do for us? It's protection. They're going to protect us. Well, how do you address God's protection when you experience things in your life that don't look like he protected you? Mm. And I know many of your readers have experienced these things, because statistics tell us so. Okay. Right. It's in the church. It's not just outside those walls. I I don't, I, this sounds harsh, but I, I don't care if you were born on the pew, there are things that happen mm-hmm. and they're hard to look at as God's protection. And I will admit when God started moving me to write this book and he's creating this outline and I had this in the back of my mind, you know, okay, God, I have to deal with protection, but after all these years i don't know how god i just i don't know how and so as i'm writing the book then he he led me to you know i'm i'm writing about the authority figure that sets sets up you know a, They're your source of help and guidance in your life. And so that's one way uh, for protection. And then the boundaries that they set for you, I've got a chapter on that. I expected that, okay, I'm going to deal with this in maybe one paragraph in one of these chapters. Well, I got done with those chapters and it didn't come out. And as I always did before the next chapter, I prayed and, okay, God, I have such and such listed as my next chapter, but I'm just not hearing you. I don't know what you want me to say here. And he said, beyond the boundaries, God's protection. Mm. Beyond the boundaries. You want me to make a full chapter out of this, Lord? And I, did, I wasn't even equipped at that. At that point, I was not equipped. I could have written a paragraph and I didn't even know what that paragraph would say. But what I learned, I I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to show me. So I started digging into his word, as I always do, because that's the only place for the answers. And I started digging in his word. And what I found is so many of us have a large misconception about God's protection. When we pray for our children, God protect them. What are we praying? We're praying, don't let any harm come to them. Stop the bad stuff. Protect them from that bad stuff. But that's not what God promised. What he promised was that no man would be able to pluck us out of his hand. He will protect us from anybody who tries to destroy our relationship with him. That is protection. And then Paul, the Apostle Paul, expounded on that and said, No experience will separate us from the love of God, no persecution, no tribulation, and all this list that he goes on and on in uh, Romans chapter eight, those things, those experiences, none of those will separate us from the love of God. But what God does promise is I will be with you in Deuteronomy 31.6. He's telling Israel before they go into the promised land, before they have to start battling the Canaanites, He's saying, I will be with you. Did that mean they weren't going to get killed? Did that mean they wouldn't feel a sword? No, they felt it. They felt it. But he was with them. And if, you know, the ultimate end happened, they'd be rewarded. They would meet their Lord. Okay, and if if it was less than that, which for most of them it was, but if it's less than that, then he will help them endure everything they saw, everything they experienced. He would help them through it. And he also promised part of his protection is that we will not be shamed. We will not be shamed. When we are doing the Lord's work, we are not going to be shamed. And if we have shame from those atrocious things that happened to us as a child or earlier in our adult years, we will forget the shame of our youth. That is a part of God's protection. And as you already said today, and then he works it all for the good to us that love him and are called according to his purpose. It's all going to come out for the good. And then the last one he revealed to me as I'm researching this stuff in order to put it in a book and to write a whole chapter about this mm-hmm. was eventually we will be able to rejoice again because we trust him and we love his name. And that's when we know we've come fully through that healing process and he has protected us from everything we have experienced in life. That is powerful. That is a powerful word right
0: there. And it was so impactful. We serve such an amazing, awesome God, a good father. Thank you. You are such a joy, Julie. I just thank you so much for being on the show today. And we could thank our wonderful writing mentor coach, Chad Allen, for introducing us. So thank you so much, precious friend. And I look forward to having you on again.
1: Well, thank uh, you. Know, you. It, it's been a privilege today and it will be a privilege to come back. God bless you, friend. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening today. I hope what Julie had to share encouraged you and maybe touched something deep within something that you've been struggling with maybe. I loved her explanation of how she went through the protection of God, because we can always look to our Heavenly Father for security, and that is the most important identity that we can have, is a child of God. And we are no longer slaves to fear, like that song says, we are no longer slaves to fear. We're a child of God. So remember that and be encouraged by that today. So check out my show notes at DaraSwift.com. Please don't miss the show notes. I have links in there for you and free resources on my website and resources from my guests. So be sure to check that out at DaraSwift.com. And I would love if you could take a moment to go to Podchaser. And look up Fierce Calling. I also have the link in the show notes so you can find it easily. And follow, rate, and leave a review. It helps others find the show, and I would so appreciate that. And I'd love to connect with you, so reach out to me on my contact page. And I'd also love to talk with you about speaking at your next women's event. So check out my speaking flyer also on my speaking page at doriswip.com. Take care, friends, and I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.